Welcome back to Cinema Fantastique right here on Stuff You Don't Need to Know. So today we are really going to talk about film. I think a film that most people have forgotten about and people that do remember it kind of consider it either a really bad film or a cult classic, you know, so... If you remember this film, who knows what you think about it. If you've never heard of it, I think by the time I'm done talking about it, you're going to want to check it out. So this is the 1984 film Streets of Fire. Um, this film was written and directed by Walter Hill. Uh, shortly before shortly before this film, he did 48 Hours. Um, he directed The Warriors. Uh, he's gone on to direct some really great films all the way into the 2000s, so... You know, he definitely had some street cred behind him. And, um, you know, and looking up on this film, he said, you know, this was sort of a dream film for him. This this, this, this was a film that he really wanted to make because he wa- there was a lot of things that he wanted to see in movies that he just wasn't seeing at the time. A lot of rock and roll, a lot of neon, a lot of noir elements, you know, sort of like that dark and rainy landscape. Uh, he wanted to see the hero kiss the girl in the rain. He wanted to see fast cars. He wanted to see trains. He wanted, he just really wanted to see all of this. And you're going to get that in streets of fire. Okay. So like I said, this film came out in 1984. So I was 13 years old at the time. And, uh, when I saw the, when I saw the uh, trailer for it, I mean, I was hooked. Uh, I don't know. There was just something about about it. It just looked, it looked exciting. Um, you know, it had a good soundtrack. Um, it kind of looked like an exciting and dangerous kind of film. It kind of looked like a film, looked like a film that like, like, like nothing I had really seen before. Um, I think it also helped the fact that I recognized from the trailer a very very young Diane Lane. Of course, I didn't know her as Diane Lane back there. I kind of was like, wait a minute. I think that's that girl that played Cherry Valens in the Outsiders film. And of course it was. I believe Diane Lane was about 18 or 20 when she made this film. So if you want to see a very young and a drop-dead gorgeous Diane Lane, Streets of Fire is the film for you. Um, the hero, Michael Paré. Um... I recognized him, and I don't think this film had come out yet. I'm not sure if it came out before or shortly thereafter, but he's Eddie of Eddie and the Cruisers. Um, he plays the main hero, you know, in this film. Uh, there's also, I mean, there's a lot of people in this film that were really just getting their start. Uh, the villain, Raven, is played by Willem Dafoe. Yes, the Willem Dafoe. Um... To Live and Die in L.A. would come out about a year later. Platoon would come out a few years later after that. And we all know what happened really after Platoon. I mean, this guy's career really took off. Um, Just, you know, countless films, uh, lots of recognition. I believe he's been nominated two, maybe three times, I think, uh, for Academy Awards for Supporting Actor. I mean, this is one of his early films. And this was... um, a film for him where, you know, he kind of took more of a main role on. Like I said, he's he's really the main bad guy in this film. Um, you know, there's some other notable people playing uh, minor roles. Um, Bill Paxton is in this film. He plays a bartender. Uh, he's really recognizable. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Amy Magden is in this. Uh, Amy Magden, if you're not familiar with the name, 
A few years later, she'd go on to play Shanice, the girlfriend of Uncle Buck. Uh, I know she was in a couple other films like that. Uh, she's one of those people, you probably don't recognize her name, but if you Google her and you see her, you're like, oh, yeah, I, I remember her. I remember seeing her in a couple of films. Um, Rick Moranis is in this film as well, a very young Rick Moranis trying to look really, really hip. Okay, so what is Streets of Fire? Well, Streets of Fire build itself as a rock and roll fable that takes place in another time and another place. And that's really the thing. This film kind of gave you a feel that it was almost like in an alternate dimension or something like that. You know, it takes place in an unnamed city. And we really don't know what the time period is, even though there is a lot of 50s elements in it. I mean, um, the cars have that really sort of 50s look to them. Uh, and in fact, you know, Michael Pere, um, who plays Tom Cody, the lead, you know, the lead in this film, he drives he drives around in like uh, looks like like a late 40s, early 50s uh, Mercury. So, you know, you kind of think that, oh, you know, this takes place in the 50s it kind of seems like it takes place in a world that sort of has that 50s element to it because there's some again this film came out in 1984 so there's some sort of 80s elements in there like i said there's a lot of neon in this film uh when you get into the club scenes and things like that there's neon everywhere but really it's a very 1950s feel to it it's a very and like i said it's a very sort of noir kind of feel i mean this is a dark film it seems that wherever this place is uh, the sun never comes up. It's always nighttime, and it's raining most of the time. It's really got that dark, kind of gothic, noir, gritty feel to it. And I think this is probably why, you know, as a 13-year-old, seeing this, it, it just seemed really, really cool. Now, you know, when we see films back when we were younger, you know, our early teens and things like that, you know, the these films might be things that we we really loved and you know when we see them so many years later you know as adults sometimes they really don't hold up very well you know I watched this film a couple of days ago uh to kind of prepare to talk about it and the film still held up for me but kind of in a different way uh like I said when I was younger 13 years old watching this film was a very exciting film um it has a really great soundtrack to it kind of has like a, a rock and roll soundtrack sort of like that 50s early 60s sort of feel to it with some like kind of like that early 80s energy thrown in if if that kind of makes sense um you know again when i was younger sort of like that dark gritty feel to it um you also have to remember too 84 early 80s believe it or not there was a lot of 50s nostalgia going on um happy days was still on tv it was kind of wrapping up around this point you know laverne and shirley shows like shanana you know greece greece was out late 70s early 80s um you had bands like the stray cats coming out you know so there was kind of like in the early 80s there was kind of like this callback or sort of like 50s nostalgia and i think you know, when this film came out in 84, we were kind of towards the tail end of that. Uh, just remember, in 85, Back to the Future comes out where Marty travels back to 1955 and, he, and there's all those scenes there. So, you know, again, this was kind of on that tail end of like that real 50s nostalgia. And I think maybe that's another reason why this film really appealed to me. And watching it again now as an adult, I think that's really what I like about it now is... 
to me, this is a very experimental film. Um, you know, like I said, the filmmaker, like he pretty much said, Walter Hill said, you know, look, these are things that I wanted to see in movies. And, you know, guess what? He got it up there. And if you think about the time period when this was made, that early 80s, you know, for me as a kid, before this, a lot of the films that I saw were kind of like sort of big fantasy blockbusters. Okay. Uh, Star Wars, um, you know, that saga was getting started. Indiana Jones was getting started. Um, you know, I had seen Jaws. That saga was kind of getting started. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. You know, sort of like these big kind of epic films. Uh, I had seen the Superman films. I mean, these were great films. Don't get me wrong. I love them. But, you know, I'm getting into my teenage years now. Of course, you know, teenager, you get very opinionated, things like that. You know, I, I think at that time, I really wanted to start to see something different. And the early, early to mid 80s is really when I think filmmakers really started to really experiment and try new things. You know, Streets of Fire, say what you want about it. And I know there's people out there that, that hate this film and say it's, it's really a big pile of garbage. And I can kind of see their point. I mean, is the acting great? Eh, you know, is the plot? Yeah, there's a plot there. I mean, it's interesting. It's kind of predictable, you know. Um, girl gets kidnapped. Ex-boyfriend slash hero comes to town to rescue her. He's that classic sort of hero. Uh, you know, the strong silent type, quippy one-liners, you know. He does it, uh, you know, he makes it look like he's doing it for money because he's getting paid to rescue her, but it's really, you know, he just, you know, does he still love her? Does he not still love her? You know, he's kind of sort of like that cool ride off into the sunset sort of hero towards the end. You know, yeah, I mean, these are these are things that we've seen in films, and yeah, it's kind of predictable, but at the same time, it was a lot of fun, and I think the reason it was a lot of fun is because it was so different. You know, we didn't really see sort of these mixing of styles, like sort of this 50s kind of flavor with a little bit of an 80s attitude thrown in. Um, and I think that was really, really unique. You know, and when you look at this time period, you know, like I said, this is when um, filmmakers really started getting experimental. So 84, Streets of Fire comes out, Willem Dafoe stars in it. The following year, To Live and Die, to live and die in L.A., sorry, comes out, also starring Willem Dafoe. And trust me, that is the film I'm going to be talking about here on Cinema Fantastique because as a 14-year-old, seeing that film whew, blew me away. But we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll discuss that when I discuss that film. You know, later on in the 80s, you have like The Serpent and the Rainbow, Less Than Zero. You know, you kind of have these edgy films, films that are doing something different. You know, even, even you know, John Hughes is starting to get started around this time. Um, you know, sort of like those... I don't want to say wacky. Well, yeah, you know, wacky's 80s comedies are starting to come out. Uh, you know, Better Off Dead is coming out around this time period. You know, that was, you know, a film like that. We hadn't really seen anything like that before. And I don't know if we're ever going to see anything like it since. It really seemed to me that this time period, early to mid 80s, maybe getting towards 88, filmmakers were really kind of they were being daring. They were just they were just trying new and different things. They were trying to tell stories in different ways. You know, and Streets of Fire is just like that. And some people might say, well, yeah, they were trying to tell a story in a different way, and it was a pretty crappy way. I think it was a new way, a unique way, and a fun way. 
And yeah, as a 13-year-old, I was drawn to the action. I was drawn to Diane Lane because she was very hot in this film. Trust me on this. Watch this film. If you don't want to watch the film, just look up Streets of Fire. Just look up the musical acts because in it, Diane Lane plays a singer, Ellen Aim. Um, she's the lead of a band called Ellen Aim and the Attackers. And if you just watch her performances on stage, my God, she is drop-dead gorgeous. Um so, yeah, I mean, you know, and Willem Dafoe's portrayal of Raven, you know, the leader of this this motorcycle gang called the Bombers, you know, he he kidnaps Ellen. Um, they never really say why. It's not like he holds her for ransom or anything. He just kidnaps her. Um, Tom Cody, played by Michael Paré, comes in, ex-boyfriend, former military guy. He comes in to rescue her. You know, a lot of action scenes. And Willem Dafoe as sort of like this unhinged, um, almost vampiric looking villain. And if you, again, if you, you know, just Google some scenes from this movie or Google some images, you know, Willem Dafoe, Streets of Fire, he kind of has a 50s pompadour, uh, dressed head to toe in leather, and he is pale as a ghost, kind of these dark circles around his eyes. Like he looks like. Almost like if Fonzie became a vampire, I guess would be the best way to put it. I mean, it was really unique. I mean, he was he was a unique kind of a villain. He played it the way really only Willem Dafoe can play it, uh, with a lot of energy um, and just, I don't know, like a loose cannon almost. I, I guess that's the best way to describe it. Um, you know, yeah, the dialogue wasn't that great. You know, the story was pretty predictable. But I just think the whole package of it just really, 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 for me, made this a very fun film. And I really enjoyed it. And I really hope, you know, after talking about it a bit, you guys want to check it out. Uh, again, just go to YouTube. It's on YouTube. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's like I said, I think it's a lot of fun. It's a rock and roll fable, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, you know, like they said, it takes place, you know, in another place and in another time. Um, and just have fun with it. Just watch it, enjoy it, have fun with it, and let me know what you think. Alrighty, well, I think we are gonna shut the doors here on Cinema Fantastique. I uh, really hope you enjoyed my selection this time around. Uh, I will be coming back. You know, I'm kind of making a list here of some unique and interesting films that people may or may not have heard of. Maybe they saw it, maybe they didn't, kind of like Streets of Fire. So we will see what the future will bring. Uh, like I said in my last podcast, you know, Diana is enjoying her vacation before she heads off to college, but she has said that she does want to start podcasting again. She wants to come back with AP Comics. Um, she wants to talk about a couple of movies that we had seen and, uh, I don't know, some other wacky stuff that we like to talk about. Please don't forget, check out www.brothersinarmchairs.com. That will link you to all the podcasts in the Brothers in Armchair Network. Uh, of course, Stuff You Don't Need to Know, Defender of the Realm, Enter the Nerd Zone, Nerd and Me, and Fat Guys in Little Coats. All right, guys, I'm going to sign off, and I'll see you at the movies. <laughs>